Hello and welcome to Research Roundup brought to you by the Primary Care Collaborative Cancer Clinical Trials Group, PC4. I'm Christy Milley and each month we'll be looking at what's new in cancer in primary care research and I'll be talking to authors of recent publications and presentations. Today we're speaking with Saskia Maas and Dr Annette Berenson from the University of Groningen in the Netherlands. Saskia is both a researcher, so she's currently a PhD student, and I've been told that she will pass her exam very soon, and she's also a GP in training. Annette was the program leader of the oncology research in primary care at the Department of General Practice at the University of Groningen. They've recently published Symptoms in Long-Term Breast Cancer Survivors, a cross-sectional study in primary care in the journal The Breast. So welcome both Saskia and Annette. Thank you for having us. Thank you. I think I'll also apologize for my very bad attempts at trying to say, again, I can never, I can't <laughs> do it. I'm not good. I'm very Australian. And I actually went to your Capri conference, which was what, 2018. And I've never had to say again so many times and so badly. So I'm very sorry. Oh, it's not that bad, really. <laughs> so the Netherlands has a similar system to Australia where GPs act as the gatekeeper to other healthcare pathways. We're also seeing in Australia that GPs are playing an increasing role in the cancer journey of their patients. Would you be able to give us a brief overview of the role primary care providers currently play in breast cancer survivorship in the Netherlands? I would like to give that. I'm Annette. It's indeed, just like in Australia, GPs are the gatekeeper to secondary care in the Netherlands. And with us, all habitants are registered with a general practitioner and the general practitioners register all their contacts and diagnosis in electronic patient records by the ICPC codes. And the GP really do play a role in the cancer care, a role that has been demonstrated by research from the, these databases and from interviews. But this is an informal role. It's a supportive handling of side effects, helping family members with problems about uh, the cancer patient. However, the definition of remote areas in the Netherlands is different. It's 15 minutes to reach a, a GP and it's 30 minutes to reach a hospital for the whole of the Netherlands. So that may lead to differences in the role of GP during cancer follow-up regarding any therapy given or something like that. So it's no formal role. And in the study that we're talking about today, you investigated symptoms in women who were at least five years past their diagnosis. Was there a reason why you chose this time frame? Well, five years after diagnosis, most breast cancer survivors will return to the care of their general practitioner. And also five-year survival for breast cancer is now 88% in the Netherlands. And the group of cancer survivors, breast cancer survivors, is growing. And due to, obviously, due to both increased incidence and better survival, which makes research and awareness for these long-term needs necessary. Also, the role, uh, like we talked about earlier, uh, in long-term breast cancer survivors is not well-defined, uh, partially because of the lack of long-term survival research. Uh, however, we feel that general practitioners have a lot to offer in terms of their knowledge, patients' medical history, comorbidities, and family situation, and obviously their holistic approach to care. And so what was your goal then with this study? Well, uh, this symptom study was 
A secondary analysis of the BLOCK study, the breast cancer long-term outcome cardiac problems, and this study, the goal of this study was to, to diagnose a cardial dysfunction in the women, and the second outcome was psychological distress. But we also invested a lot of symptoms, and that's what this manuscript is about. Yeah, and the goal of this article on experienced symptoms was to investigate which symptoms are more prevalent among breast cancer survivors in comparison to the women without a history of cancer, and to assess the association with several diagnoses associated with breast cancer and its therapy. Okay, and so what study methods did you use then to try to answer these research questions? Well, for the, for the block study, uh, we selected uh, 700 women from GP practices, uh, 350 women with a history of breast cancer who were treated with chemo and or radiotherapy, and 350 randomly selected women from the same general practice and from the same age. And of the 350 women, the survivors of breast cancer, half of them received chemotherapy and the other half uh, was treated with uh, radiotherapy only. So that's the group of women we, uh, we investigated. And also, this is a cross-sectional study. So the study does not evaluate a causal relation, only association. And for this particular article, we, of all 700 women, were interviewed by trained medical students about the occurrence of 18 specific symptoms during the previous three weeks. And in a univariate logistic regression analysis, the presence of each symptom was compared between the breast cancer survivors and the reference population. And we adjusted for cardiac function, and therefore we, with echocardiography, we looked at the LVEF, so the left ventricle ejection fraction, which says something about the systolic cardiac function. And we also adjusted for the presence or absence of cardiovascular disease, and also for symptoms of depression and anxiety, which we measured with the HOTS, the Hospital Anxiety and Depression Scale. And next, uh, we also repeated the analysis. Uh, but compared between breast cancer survivors who received chemotherapy with or without radiotherapy to the breast cancer survivors who received radiotherapy alone. So then thinking about that analysis, what percentage of the breast cancer survivors involved in your study were still experiencing these symptoms long term? When we talk about the results, it's good to know that in our study, the median time since diagnosis, breast cancer diagnosis, was 10 years, and the median age at the time of assessment was 63 years. And when we talk about percentages, we found especially the comparison even uh, more important because these symptoms are also frequent in the general population. And breast cancer survivors experienced the following symptoms more significantly more than in the general population. And then we talk about concentration difficulties, which was about 23% versus 11%. Forgetfulness, which was 23% versus 15%. Dizziness, which was 27 versus 18%. And nocturia, which was 26 versus 19%. And all these remain significant after adjusting for cardiac function and psychological distress. So when we look at the comparison between the chemo and the radiotherapy group, we saw that the chemotherapy group had a higher odds of forgetfulness and nocturia, 
and a lower odds of dizziness. So which means that the radiotherapy group experienced more dizziness. So what do you think GPs or primary care physicians or people working in primary health care should take away from your results when they're thinking about the care of their patients? Well, in the first place, I think that GPs must realise that survivors of breast cancer may experience symptoms related with late effects of cancer therapy even more than 10 years since diagnosis. And these problems may be, depending on the kind of therapy they have received, uh, cardiovascular problems and depression or anxiety. Well, for cardiovascular problems, uh, of course, further investigation is uh, required. And for depression, has earlier research has shown that depression in therapy in cancer survivors is as effective as in the population. So for depression, you can take measures as you would like to do that for other patients. And some symptoms, such as concentrations, difficulties, forgetfulness, dizziness, are significantly associated with a history of breast cancer therapy. And as the etiology of these symptoms is not known, well, you perhaps that positive reassurance to provide awareness that these symptoms are common among breast cancer survivors. And for some patients, a GP may want to consider cognitive training. Before we have the, our last question, which is always the take-home message, I wanted to just digress a little bit. I was listening to your interview with eCancer, Saskia, and you briefly discussed how you'd engaged with participants after the study and you'd set up a meeting to talk with them. And you mentioned that you felt that that was a really important step for you. I was just wondering what you learned from that experience, engaging with consumers or participants. We were already keeping our participants informed with newsletters, but when Annette came up with this idea, uh, which was also encouraged by the UMCG, I was very excited and a little anxious at the same time. Obviously excited to share our results with the women who participated and who are also the patient experts, but also a little anxious that no one would show up. <laughs> but fortunately, 50 very enthusiastic participants showed up and shared their experiences with us and discussed also future goals with us. And it was very inspirational and very important. And I would encourage every researcher to, in the beginning of their study, sit down with patient experts, but also in the end of their study, sit down with the participants and talk about the results they found and what they mean for them. It was very inspirational and it has affected my practice as well. I like that you use the word uh, patient experts. In Australia, we use the word consumers and I don't think anybody particularly likes using the word consumers, definitely not the cancer survivors and, and not the researchers. I really, I like that term. It's really empowering. It's great. So our last question is always about the take-home message with your study. So what do you want our listeners to take away from this research and where do you plan on going from here? In the first place, I would like to say again, if you have any results, organize a meeting with your participants. It was really inspiring. And they even formed a group of, uh, of women who would like to think further about future studies. And for GP practice, it's good to realize that even 10 years after diagnosis, 
breast cancer experienced various long-term symptoms compared to women who didn't have cancer. Yeah, and also not all symptoms are associated with a diagnosis. Obviously, we looked at cardiovascular and psychological diagnosis, and we saw that not all symptoms are associated per se with a diagnosis, but can also be associated with having had the breast cancer itself or the, the treatment for it. So in some cases, a symptom-specific approach may be appropriate. Wonderful. And where are you going from here? We would like to repeat this study so we can form a cohort uh, anyway about the in the same group of women uh, so we can say a bit more about the the course of the cardiac dysfunction we found and to see if 16 or 17 years after diagnosis a median and median period after diagnosis if that offers us more knowledge about this group which is a growing group of uh, women. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much, Annette, and thank you so much, Saskia, for your time today. Thank you for having us. You're welcome. Thanks for downloading Research Roundup produced by PC4. You can access the articles and other information in our show notes. Please let us know what you think about this episode by emailing us at info at pc4tg.com.au or keep in touch via Twitter, where you'll find us at PC4TG. And there's also our website, which is pc4tg.com.au.